Welcome all to the New Dream Podcast. I'm Sarah Grady, and as Bryce Savage's song states, I'm a Pisces with no fake love here. My soul felt deeply called to create the New Dream movement of unconditional love and support for all. So here we are. Whether you're here for the stories, engaging authentic conversations, to discover new tools to create change in your life, or just the unconditional love and support that's felt, know that you are beyond welcomed. Take what fits for you, leave the rest, because life is yours to live and your heart will know the way. Let's get started creating our new dreams. Join me in a conversation with my lovely niece, Brenna, while we take a stroll down memory lane and we discuss what it was like growing up in the same family. Our conversation highlights the fact that even if you go through similar experiences, our perspectives can be vastly different. This is where we can learn and grow together and just hold space for how experiences shape our lives all in different ways. There is no right or wrong. Just you, me, and we. Enjoy. So before we record, we're going to like get the weirdness out. <laughs> I did it with the under too. I was like, feels weird to yeah. sit here and record. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that it's happening, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, so how do I act? Like, do I just act normal? Do I have to act a certain way? Like, I've never done this before. So recording with them every Sunday has been so helpful because when you're sitting with someone else in the energy and you're just getting absorbed in the conversation, you forget it's there. Yep. But just two people, I it, it, it does get a little weird. Yeah. Because Andrew and I got weird. <laughs> <laughs> I almost was like, I don't think I want to send that one. <laughs> right. Like, I don't... Uh. I'm like, no. It was one conversation. It Just because we didn't say everything I wanted to say doesn't mean that you tank it. It's right. just that was the conversation for the day. Yep. There's more pieces. There's always more pieces. It's okay. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're just going to continue to have conversations. If it takes one shot, awesome. If it, if we need to do more, then we need to do more. We're just going to have conversations all yep. the time. And yeah. Send it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fine. Which this is what we, I told Andrew, I was like, this is what Brett and I did before. We, we sat in my office and talked for like two and a half hours. We did. Yeah, we did. That's exactly what happened. Because it did. Yeah. And it just, it flows easier when it's... Because I think for me, um, having obviously someone that you know, yeah, it makes it a little bit easier mm-hmm. to have the conversations, but it also makes it easier when someone's on kind of like the same wavelength as you you know that they're gonna understand yeah so when you're saying it out loud it's not oh god they're gonna think i'm like weird or something it's their understanding Mm -hmm. because of their own experiences maybe not the same ones but their own experiences and it's the same feeling that they've had so it and for me talking with you it's different because you're so open and like willing to listen and learn whether or not like you you understand or not you're willing to sit there and try and i think it's better when you don't 100 percent understand because then you can ask the questions Mm -hmm. that like a third party person would ask because you want to understand better Mm -hmm. and the only way to do that is to ask like those out of the wall questions that the person you're talking to (laughs) hasn't thought of before 
So I think that's what makes it better. So you're saying I've been a coach for a long time, yes. even though I wasn't coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. I love that. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> Coming from a family member, I have to say, like, that hits a little different. <laughs> well, and it's so probably before now, to be honest, I didn't think like you and I would be in the relationship that we're in. Right. But it's because growing up was so different. Oh my gosh. Like every single one of us was so different back then to how we are now. 100%. And back then you think about it and you're like, okay, I don't have anything in relation with any of these people. Like everyone just doesn't like each other or, you know, like this, I don't agree with what this person does. And that was a lot of our like family so growing up. Anger. It was a lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of hostility. And so you never thought that you would get to this point. Right. And I think it, I think it helped that everyone kind of went through something mm -hmm. in their own way. And that helped get to the point that we're in now. Right. Well, and there was also a huge age difference between you and I. Yeah. And then while you were growing up, my dad was fighting with your dad. So, like, even though it was father-son, like, didn't matter. No. There, yeah. was a, there was a point in time where Jeff, I didn't see him for, like, seven or eight years because of the, the fight that they were in. Yeah. So, like, I didn't even know my own brother, let alone get to know you. Yeah. And you were just a kid. Mm hmm So, like, there was no relationship. I had no yeah. idea who you were. And then once we finally, like, I don't know, like, once Dad and him finally started being around each other, it's like we were thrown into this of, like, we still don't know who anyone yeah. is. No. Like, we're all kids, and we, you've never given us the opportunity to know no. anybody. Yeah. And then you're just throwing us in this environment. And we're like, who are these people? Yeah, literally. <laughs> I can. The only thing I can remember from that is, I remember. To be honest, I don't remember how old I was. What, like five, six years old, maybe. Okay. And I remember, Dad telling Grandpa that he wasn't going to be around me anymore okay. at all. And it was because Grandpa was drinking all the time. Yeah. He was angry and hostile, and my dad didn't dad didn't want me around that. Yeah. So he pulled me away. And to be honest, I don't even remember the transition period. I was too young mm -hmm. to really know. So all I remember is that happened, but then all of a sudden... Everyone's here. Everyone's here, <laughs> and I am now back in the life of every family member, including Grandpa. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, like, Grandpa never treated me like anything different than his grandkid yep. like hands down I to be honest I was always confused because when we started seeing everyone again and like seeing grandpa I was kind of like why didn't I see grandpa to begin with mm -hmm. because he loved me like 100% hands yeah. down that's the only thing I can say is that grandpa loved me yeah. and so I was always confused as to like <laughs> why why was I not seeing him or like yep. seeing everybody so I don't even remember that transition of my life because I was way too young to even really realize kind of what was going on I don't think I remember the transition like I don't even remember what year it was no but it was just all of a sudden I was pregnant with Jonathan we moved up here it was mom got transferred up here to this Walmart 
So we all moved and I followed because I was pregnant with Jonathan and that's when I remember first seeing your brother or your dad again. Over. And then so like we were closer, so we got to get invited to your school functions and I I went with Aunt Shelley. Yep. And he came to visit after I had Jonathan. (laughs) But I think that might have been around the time. And you were let's see, I was eighteen. So you were probably what, eleven, twelve? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Like, formative teenage years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I, I only remember ever seeing Aunt Shelley. Yep. And Uncle Jesse and Cody and Krista. They were the only ones that I ever remember seeing all of the time. And yep. it's, I think it was just because of proximity. Right. We were the ones that were closer. Yep. We all used to live in Hudson. Yep. So I saw them quite often. And then when they moved to Adrian... And we moved to, to the Tecumseh area. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw each other a lot at that point, too. And I was always over at their house. Right. And stuff like that. So uh, I have always had a relationship with them. However, like, the relationship was not what it is now. No. Like, at all. Um, all of us were I think places. about it. I think about it sometimes, too. Because Krista and I used to be extremely close with one another at one point. Okay. Um, and then that kind of died off and I think that was because I started being closer with boys than I was with girls like it was just easier for me to have guy friends than it was girlfriends right um and so Cody and I started getting closer right and Krista didn't like that I remember that being like a whole thing (laughs) and then like you're mine and then Uncle Jesse used to just be an angry man all of the time. Like, wholeheartedly angry man. He's still angry. But, like, back then it was just worse. Yeah. And Aunt Shelley was kind of just Aunt Shelley. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really know, like, too much of a difference with Aunt Shelley. I think she's open more yep. to a lot of things. Um, and I think that's helped quite a bit. Um, but, like, looking back then to now... Like, Cody and I have a really good relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt Shelly and Uncle Jesse and I have a good relationship together. Our Kenzie and I have a very good relationship. I don't really have one with Krista. Right. Uh, but it's just, it was just so surreal, like, thinking. Back then, it was, we're just family, and, like, I see the cousins and, you know, all this stuff. To, all right, now I'm an adult, so that makes a little bit of a difference. Yeah. But as an adult, I have relationships with the adults and my family that I never thought I would have growing up. But I think that's made, like, a huge difference for me because growing up, I didn't really have family mm-hmm. I could go to for anything, including my parents. Yeah. So now it's a whole lot different because I feel like, um, like, first and foremost, I can go to you with anything and I can go to Cody with anything like we can have those conversations um even Aunt Shelly like I can talk to Aunt Shelly about things that I didn't think I'd be able to talk to Aunt Shelly about before either so it's like it is a completely different um familial relationship right now do you think that it's almost like once our brain fully develops and we stop like comparing ourselves to like the adults in our life because okay we we're kind of are now the adult that it's almost we start seeing it from a different perspective yeah, yeah. so like we I, allow it to come in a little yeah. bit more i 
I think for me, it was like a huge, huge turning point when I decided to do things for myself and not worry mm -hmm. about what anybody else thought about it, right. um, especially within the family. And I think at that point, I was able to start coming to my own conclusions and my own perspectives and seeing the bigger picture of everything. And I think that has helped me be able to create the relationships that I have now with mm -hmm. all of you, right. including my parents. I think I think that has also helped with that aspect as well. Right. I remember not being very close to you, like because I, I we weren't around. Yeah. You know, I didn't get to be a part of your growing up and be around Jeff and like Jeff wasn't there through some of the really big things that happened in my life to the point where him and I had a conversation two or three years ago I said something about what happened to me when I was 15 you know I was sexually assaulted and he was like hold up hold up wait what I was like well yeah like this happened when I was 15 and he's like what do you like he had no idea so like pivotal like you're my brother and you had and you don't no know any of it. idea yeah. what I experienced or like what things that I went through yeah and even back then, like, I, I didn't realize just how much that affected me because the adults in my life weren't, they were supportive of, like, we're going to make sure this guy gets what's coming to him. Like, we're going to make sure, like, we support you to get the justice. Yeah. But there was no, okay, well, let me check in with you. How are you feeling? Like, as soon as the guy was in jail, it was like it didn't happen to anybody else. Yeah. I was left to just hold it. But, um... But no, like, I feel like that was the, the big, like, overall theme with our family. Like, we will be there to fight for you, but when it comes to the emotions. Yeah, it's non-existent. Yeah, we just push that aside. Yeah. Like, just forget that's yeah. even a thing. Non-existent. And for highly sensitive beings, which is like our entire freaking family, yeah. it doesn't work. No. Eventually you end up angry and exploding or hating life because you're not acknowledging the fact that I'm feeling something right now. Yep. Or big blowout fights, which was our entire entire <laughs> childhood. Oh like the whole God. thing. Let's just fight every family function we go to. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's exactly what happened every single time. Like yeah. anybody got together or anybody had a completely different opinion other oh than gosh. anybody else and like that's yep. I think that's where a lot of it has taken like a turn mm -hmm. is we're all good with saying our opinions now to mm -hmm. each other because now it's kind of a completely different diet like dialect I can't think of the word exactly but it's like whole different environment yeah it's like, yeah. Com like a completely different environment now um, and I think it's because we're all old older now and we're mm -hmm. all kind of under the assumption that you know what it is what it is. We have what we have and what we think. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter if the other person doesn't like it or not. Like, we're still going to say it out loud and whatever happens after that is what happens type of situation. I think from my experience, it was when we all, like, because there was a lot of kids there for a while. You know, it was me, you, Cody, Krista, like, yeah. there was all these kids everywhere. And they were, like, the adults were so busy trying to raise us, right? Yeah. You know, no, you can't have that opinion because this is what you right. do in life. Like, they're too busy trying to throw their way of being on yeah. us. 
and now we're all adults and like are you are you gonna sit there and try to change my mind now right because no. it's not gonna work no, it's not gonna work <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you can say what you want to say and have the opinion and perspective that you do and i will sit here and i will listen to it and right. i will try to understand where you're coming from Holding however yeah. if i don't have the same opinion or perspective that you do that is okay like that's that is the biggest thing that i think always has to be said in our family is that it is okay Mm -hmm. to have a completely different outlook on things than everybody else does but it's one thing for all that to be okay and it's another thing for someone to just like shit on you basically for it and that happens in our family as well yep and that doesn't really, you know, give good results on any any side of a relationship. I think that's why I, like, for me in particular, like, I just, I would try to, like, distance myself. And, I, and it wasn't that I didn't want to be around our family. It's like, I was so tired of people telling me how wrong I was. Like, how naive I was being yeah. for how I was feeling. And I'm like, but what you're... You just don't see it from my perspective. And all I see is how angry you are and how unhappy you are, but yet you want me to live a life like you. Like you, yeah. Like, But I'm sitting over here happy, and you're mad about that? Like, but I don't know. For me, I've released the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've released the angriness of them telling me that because now I see they're just trying to protect me because that's what we do as family and I know I've done that to my kids so I I can hold space for it but I also can sit there and be like you can be miserable in your life yeah but but I'm I'm gonna gonna be happy yeah I'm going to be happy like I'm not (laughs) going to be miserable in mine so no like I love you too much but no life can be enjoyed yes like and that's what I never understood as a kid growing up is we have this big beautiful family and life is good and like let's all love each other yeah and then it was all angry all the time all, all of the time and that's not that's not a way to live at all mm-hmm. i never understood it either but i never understood it from the perspective of like my parents right because that was a whole other like side of it that i was the only one that really saw mm-hmm. and so then I would go we would go to like family functions and stuff and I would see like other people just also just being angry and miserable yeah. and so at you know at a certain point you're like okay is that is that the norm <laughs> like is that what's supposed to happen is this real because life? this doesn't make sense to me <laughs> but okay and so then you would just go with the flow of it because what else were you supposed to do at the time? You're just trying to survive yeah. in a family that's angry. Yeah, like that's that's all you're doing. And as a kid, you don't have you don't have the methods to move away from it. You don't have the no. methods to try and figure out solutions to that problem and make them yourself. Yeah. Because you can't. No. You can you can come to a solution, but you can't make it because your parents make the decisions for you. Yeah. And like that was that was a huge thing was you can't really think for yourself because if you do it's not correct in anybody else's eyes it has to be this way not this way and so as like a child it was just confusing and like lonely all of the time Mm -hmm. well and i because you and i connect the way that we do and like the, the conversations that we've had 
I can kind of sense that you probably felt a lot of the same way I did because like I grew up as a single like single child as well I had siblings but they were you know 25 plus years older than me so like it was just me and you I I don't know this that's why I'm asking so like for me I spent my life having all these feelings having all these opinions of what felt right like and I I don't even want to say like I just thought it it's just like deep in my soul I felt like well this is what life feels like it's supposed to be but I'm hearing and seeing all of this from my environment around me and then they're telling me I'm wrong when I do share an opinion did you find yourself like shutting down a lot or like looking at yourself and thinking like maybe there's something wrong with me I shut down quite a bit I, um, I mean, even now I do it, but it's, I, 100% because of the fact that growing up I had to. Right. And so now it's almost like it's a reflex when I do it. And so I would shut down because no one would listen. That was my biggest thing was anytime I tried to say anything to, I mean, at the time, mostly my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime I tried to say something, it was either not heard or not correct for them because I'm a kid. How do you have it? How do you have an opinion? Yeah. Like, how dare you? You haven't, you haven't lived through this. You haven't done this, you know, all of that stuff. And so I would find myself shutting down even before, like, I could really get a hold of the feelings I was feeling. Right. Because if I said anything or showed it. I was yelled at right. or ignored. And so at a certain point I was like, you know what, why am I doing it then? Like at this point I just, you know, I feel like trapped and uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm just gonna keep quiet, keep it to myself and move on with my life. And I do it now, which is something I'm working on, but <laughs> I do it, it's fair. <laughs> I do it now because back then I couldn't have a voice to say anything from my opinion and my perspective because it wasn't going to be heard. Well, it's almost like no one around me that's supposed to be my, the people that I can go to is supporting me. So it's, it's almost like it wires your brain to no one is going to be there for me. So I don't, I'm not going to look for support. I'm just going to do it my damn self. Yep. And it, no one talks about how unhealthy it is until you start realizing like, Oh, I'm doing life alone, even though I've got all these people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Are you still, like, in the midst of that a little bit? (sighs) To be honest, I don't know. Okay. I have... I I think I have a really good support system around Mm me. Um, I used to not, but now that I'm 27 and I have the people in my life that I do, like, the relationships that I actually want to have in my life, I've noticed you know, a complete 180 from not being able to talk to anybody mm-hmm. or, you know, confide in anyone or ask for help. Now I have a lot of that. Good. And, um, cause like, like Andrew, I used to not be able to talk to him at all. Right. Um, he kind of used to have the same mindset as dad when it came to mental health stuff. And to be honest, like, part of me thinks it's because he was suppressing it a little bit for himself. Right. And so, um, it kind of came, like, to a head at one point 
and he kind of got blindsided by, um, by what had happened or what had almost happened. And so when it, when it got spoken to him and told to him, like, this, this is, this is real. Like, it's, this is now in your face kind of thing. I could feel that I could talk to him easier after that. Like, he was 100% trying his absolute hardest to understand where I was coming from. Okay. And uh, talking not just about me to him, but him opening up about, like, his own stuff, right. I think has helped him quite a bit to be able to be a part of the support system. So, so I can talk to him now. Um, granted, I'm still working on opening up and, like, actually talking about things that bother me and asking for help because that's, that's always been a really difficult thing for me to do. Right. So I'm still working on it, but he is now a huge part of my support system. Um, I have friends around me at this point that, um, I can go to and, you know, talk with about anything. Right. Um, and I... 100% cherish those relationships that I have, those friendships that I have because I didn't have it like I thought I did right. before and it's taken it took until about three years ago to really realize that I didn't have the support system in place that I thought I did mm -hmm. and it sucked the way that I had to figure it out but I figured it out and now I'm at a spot where I can now be open and honest about anything that's that I need to be without there being judgment or no one to actually like actively listen. So what was it that like obviously if you don't want to talk about it, totally get it, but like what was it that caused you to like realize that? So I mean, first and foremost, going back a little farther, everything that happened with my parents right that because that that would have been the first relationship right there is with my parents mm -hmm. and realizing that you know me taking the step to move away from them like I did was right. one of the smartest things I could have done for myself right because it it helped me see the bigger picture wholeheartedly helped me see the bigger picture of anything and everything that was going on like completely changed my perspective I remember during all of that that's when I saw you for the first time yeah. when you when and you came to our house and like just laid it all out on the table and we just were connecting with you like I just sat back and listened and was like oh this girl like she's lived my life and I think I saw so much of myself in you that's when I was like why am I not bringing her <laughs> in like why am I pushing everyone away <laughs> this poor kid <laughs> well, and that, and I mean, that goes back to, you know, I didn't have the relationship with you guys right. that I could have had because, well, one, right. no one knew how to deal with any of the situation no. that was happening. None no one knew how did. to be there for anybody. It was kind of like whiplash was happening for every right. single person in the family, but it was like wholeheartedly happening for me. And that was when I realized like, okay, our family doesn't know how to deal with any of this. No but I can't worry about how the family's dealing with it because I'm dealing with it mm -hmm. in the middle of like everything. Yeah. So when I made that decision and that honestly, and it's how I felt too, it was freeing. 
Right. Because that was the first time I had ever made a, any sort a decision, of decision. Yep. any sort of big decision only for myself. Right. Like I, they, my mom begged me not to leave that day that I was going to walk out the door and she, I remember her grabbing my arm and I turned around and I looked her dead in the face and I went, I told you what was going to happen. You didn't believe me and this is where we're at. And then I removed my arm from her hand and I walked out the door and got in the car and I started driving to one of my friend's houses at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember calling Andrew and he was at college and I called him (laughs) And I was like, I did it. I'm gone. I left. I'm not going back. I'll sleep in my car if I have to in a parking lot. I don't care. Like, I was dead 100% set on this decision. And I wasn't budging from it. And it felt so good to make that decision. Right. Because at that point in time, I didn't care where I was going. I didn't care what I had. Like, I would leave all of my stuff at that house and never look back. And at that time... That was, you know, my decision and a good decision in my head. But then thinking about it, it was really stupid to just be like, I'm going to sleep in my car in a parking lot. Like, no, that's not, that wasn't smart. But, however, like, but me calling, me calling Andrew, he called his mom, like, immediately after we got (laughs) off the phone. And he was like, Brenna's going to, he was panicking. He was like, Brenna's going to sleep in her car. Like, all this, like, she laughed, blah, blah, blah. You need to call her and you need to tell her to get to the house. Like, he was, like, panicking. And so, um, Rhonda, my Mm mother-in-law, called me, and she was like, come to the house, you're gonna stay with us, you know, and so that was the start of a whole different area of my life, because I got there, and they let me have the freedom to really understand what was going on, and played, like, those third-party advocates that I needed to ask me the hard questions so I I could answer. And so during that time period, I kind of went through the thought process of what had happened with my parents, Mm -hmm. what they had been going through. So I I finally got to like sit there and kind of pick their brains without really talking to them to see, okay, so this is why this happened and this is why this happened and um kind of figure out who they were as people in that moment and that really helped me understand why everything went down the way that it did not condoning any of it but well, right. but i completely 100 percent started understanding and did you almost start seeing them as like their own humans yes instead of like it's just parents, parents that we that, put on this pedestal. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to have all the answers. Yeah. Like, I, okay. I think it was... I came to the understanding of this is why they didn't act as I thought parents should growing up. Right. It really helped me understand who they were and just why... they're humans with their own yeah. shit. And so... Yeah. And there were a lot of circumstances behind the way dad acted yeah. and behind the way my mom acted yeah. and how they still act. There's a lot of lot of circumstances behind it um, that I didn't know of until I was a certain age. Yeah, because they protect us. Yep. Yep. So, um, <laughs> which would have been really great to just know when I was like <laughs> right. 14, 15 years old, because then you know would have made a lot of sense. Yep. But I could piece I piece things together and I understood. And so 
when I got to a certain point, because I remember telling them, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Don't talk to me right now. I have nothing good to say. I need time. Which is like one of the healthiest things. And it just was so but I, automatic I, for you. Yeah. And I, and, but I used to be so afraid to, to speak up for myself, say any right. of my opinions, say any of my perspectives for anything. And so right. I used to never do it. So this, this whole time frame was the first time I had ever done that with them hands down first time and I never realized how freeing it could be to just say what I needed to say and not care about the consequences after and for me at that point there wasn't a lot of consequences because they realized what they did and how they acted and so they gave me that space and so I think it was probably a couple months before I really said anything but I remember getting to a point where I was okay with where I came to the outcome mm-hmm. of. And so I remember getting a hold of them and telling them, all right, I want to get together and I want to talk. And so I went over and we sat down and I talked with them and I pretty much told them that their behavior was ridiculous. And But then I explained, however, you know, and at the end of the conversation, after we had the conversation, I told them one, it's going to take you some time to rebuild the relationship because at this point in time, our relationship is so broken that it's going to take quite a bit to build it back up. Um, and they completely and 100% understood that. And then I told them, and at this point in time, I don't want to hear about what happened. Right. Don't talk to me about it. Don't bring it up. I don't want to hear it anymore. It happened. We just need to move forward from it and fix what needs to be fixed. And from that point until now, I really think that that has happened. Like, Dad and I have a relationship that I never in a million years would have thought we would have had. Right. Now. And, like, he and I are so close. And I can... And it's also helped me open up quite a bit too because now I I just I say my opinions I say my perspectives and um I shut other people down if they're being rude or disrespectful or you know disruptive anything like that anything that I used to never do I do now because it's who I am as a person I stick up for people I say what I want to say and I I don't ask for forgiveness unless I need to ask for forgiveness and it took me a very long time to get to that point and understand that point but all of that happened and in a weird weird way it needed to happen in order for my parents and I to get to the point that we're at in our relationship so now I mean there are still things that I don't think I can say to them or that I can talk to them about and it's just because of their viewpoints which is okay on things which is fine yeah um and it's you know up to me on whether or not I want to say any of it um and then there's things that I can say to them now that I used to never be able to so if I need to go to them for anything that I feel comfortable enough going to them for I can and that I never used to be able to do that so that relationship mending itself really helped that portion of um my support system Mm -hmm. and so then moving on from there three years ago and I shouldn't have done it and I did it because 
I needed to leave the place of work that I was at. Right. So, at the time, I was working at Fresh Time, and I wasn't going anywhere. Like, I kind of hit the cap Ugh. on what I was making an hour and, like, right. all this stuff. And so I was like, I need something else. And it just so happened that Cassie got moved to Zoomies, the one in Briarwood in Ann Arbor. And Cassie was your childhood best friend, Yes. Right? Okay. And um, she needed uh, an assistant manager because she didn't have one. And right. so, and we shouldn't have done it, but we lied about who I was so that I could get the job because I wouldn't have been able to if the regional would have known that we were best friends. Right. So she got me in and like everything was good. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. And it was one of those things where, so Cassie and I didn't see each other all the time. We had, I mean, best friends for, at that point, 18 years. Okay. We didn't see each other that often because we lived far apart from one another and we had our own stuff going on. But, you know, when we did see each other, it, it was literally like time didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's it like was, that unconditional love yeah. type stuff. Like the best relationships you can have. 100%. And it was good until it wasn't. And a lot of stuff happened, and it happened to where I had a really, really hard time differentiating between personal and business, or, per, you know, professional. Right. And I didn't know how to, how to do anything of what I needed to do over what was happening at Zoomies. Okay. And I ended up doing, in my opinion now, the right thing, and I went to our regional Oh, me and my first assistant did at the time and told her about the stuff that was going on with Cassie and that started an investigation mm -hmm. and our relationship was extremely strained at this point in time and I didn't know why because Cassie actually wasn't talking to me about anything okay. and Cassie is her own strong-willed like person so if she doesn't want to say anything to you she's not going to say anything to you like right. that's you know um, so everything was happening and I just, I remember continuously just feeling guilt over the fact that I chose to do the professional thing over the personal thing. Right. And, um, it was just like, it was a really bad time. And towards the end of it, she, I had had a discussion with her. And we both realized that, you know, our relationship was, our friendship was going downhill. Right. And we wanted to fix it, but everything came to light on the findings from the investigation mm -hmm. that our RVP and corporate were doing. And what we had discussed with them was coming out to be true. And they were finding these things. So Cassie ended up being fired, right, from, her, from being the manager. And... I remember she got escorted out and first off that was that's the last time I've seen her that's I haven't seen her since then um, but I remember her calling me a bad employee a bad best friend mm -hmm. I didn't have the work ethic that everybody thought I had I was pretty much just pretending to be a good person like all of the stuff she decided to throw at me in her anger right. and I remember 
um, texting her back because she sent me a novel of a text message when she got escorted out of the building. Mm -hmm. And I remember texting her and telling her, anything I say to you right now, you're not going to hear. Yep. Because you're mad and you're blaming it on me for all of the issues that have led to this point. With that being said, there is no conversation and you have clearly ended our friendship. So I, honest to God, wish you all the best and good luck. Like I, I ended it on a, in my opinion, a very good note. Like I I wasn't going to be mean to her or anything like that because there was no reason to be. You even just though got chills because of how healthy of a response yeah, that even is. like even though she said what she said to me <laughs> there was no reason for me to retaliate in any sort of way either because that's um, not gonna help anyone no. feel better like so and that was it that was that was the end of the friendship you went L- ahead and right there handed her back all the stuff she was trying to throw you yeah. and like ooh, and awesome <laughs> I was I was fine for a little bit and then I remember um at this point Paige and I um were friends okay and so you had met Paige in that yeah scene. yeah okay. so uh, Paige and I used to work together at Fresh Time so mm-hmm. that's how I met her so I had known her maybe a year two years at that point mm-hmm. um so she knew Cassie she had met Cassie she had hung out with Cassie um and so she and I weren't in like the the friendship that we're in now but this started the catalyst for that because it didn't hit me until I I had gotten home from work that day because I they ended up asking me to come in because they were firing her and right. so I went in to finish the rest of her shift so I could close the store and I remember getting home and Paige and her boyfriend Shane had come over and they were gonna stay the night to make sure that I was okay. Like, first off, I've never had a friend that really did that. Right. Um, I think I've had one in, in my life that really, really did that for me. Um, so both of them stayed over, and I remember waking up in the morning. It was a weekday, so Andrew was gone. Andrew had gone to work, and it was it was a weekday. And I woke up, and I sat up, and I stared at myself in my mirror. And that's all I did for, like, five minutes. And then I looked myself, like, dead in the face, and at that point in time, blamed myself for everything that had happened. Ugh. And told myself that I was the worst human being on the planet. And that it was my fault. And I got up and I started walking down the stairs and Shane was sitting there putting his shoes on and he looked up at me and he goes, hey, um, and he definitely could see the look on my face and he was like, are you okay? And as soon as he asked that question, all of it hit me and the last possible thing that could have hit me was I just lost my best friend. In the worst way possible. Right. I just lost my best friend, and I just, I lost it. And I remember um, Shane yelled out for Paige, and 
uh, she was doing something on her laptop, probably for, for school or something like that, and she, like, put her laptop down, ran over, pulled me into her arms, and we stood there for, like, ten minutes while I just sobbed. Right. And it took a year for me to be okay with the fact that I had lost Cassie. Right. Um... And, like, now I can talk about it, and it doesn't hurt anymore. It's not, it, you know, it doesn't really cause me to be upset like it did. Because right. any any time I talked about it before, it I would just start crying. Like, I couldn't get through everything I was saying. Right. Um, because it sucked. Yeah. You know, that was, that was the best friend that was, she was there through my wedding. She was going to be there, first off, when I got my first dog, because we used to talk about that all the time. Um, she was going to be there when I got pregnant, when I had my first kid, you know, like this. We had all these things that we had talked about, yeah. and it, all of those are gone. And it hits at, like, random moments now with mm-hmm. Cassie, like, not being my friend is where... So, we got Phelan, and I remember getting Phelan, and on the drive home, it, like, hit me that I just got my first puppy. I can't tell her. And I voiced that out loud to Andrew, and it was just, it was upsetting. It was the smallest thing, but it was extremely upsetting. And then, and then came the thing where it hit on, whenever we start having kids, I, I can't tell her now. Yeah. I can't talk to her about it. And now I can say that, and it's, it's not, you know, a big, a big deal, but back then, it hurt so bad. And I don't think I would have gotten through it without Andrew, without Paige and Shane, and without my friend Taylor. I I don't think I could have gotten through any of that without them without at support all. Network. So that that was where at that point in time I realized who my support system was. Um, and I had gained another person, uh, my first assistant from Zoomies, Andrea. Um, she's one of our best friends now love her to death um so she's i i lost somebody and it was i gained at least like two people which is so funny because that's what they say like universal like no matter what you believe or not but they say like so many of us hold on to friendships and hold on to people because we don't want to experience loss yeah and it's like well they're my friends so they have to stay my friend forever but sometimes you have to like not all relationships are supposed to last forever yeah like they're a lesson or they're teaching us something and then at the end of it that relationship is meant to be done but we're almost raised like you stay through all the bullshit and you stay through all the toxicity and no you've got to release it to be able to move forward and find the people that truly are meant to be a part of your network yeah I and love that for you. I'm glad that you found them. I, and I'm extremely glad that, that I found them, too. And that I, to be perfectly honest, I do not think I have any uh, toxic or toxicity in, in my life anymore. Um, not from anyone specifically and not from myself right. either. I think all Which of is that is... Important. Yeah, I, I think all of it is pretty much gone within the relationships that I have right now in my life. Do you think that going through what you did with her, like, having that experience helped you take that, like, internal look 
as to what am I tolerating in my relationships? I think it did because after that happened and I started working through the fact that I had lost her as a friend, mm -hmm. um, I started realizing that our relationship had been going downhill for a while. And I was just ignoring it because mm -hmm. she was my best friend. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, chalked it up as I'm just seeing things. I'm just hearing, you know, st stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this helped me realize that, no, I was literally just being blind to them on purpose because I didn't want to lose her friendship. But right. she and I were going in two completely different directions. Right. Um personal-wise, private-wise, um, opinions, perspectives, which is normally fine, like, right. you know, but hers were drastic, and she used to say a lot of things out loud to people that were kind of just hurtful mm -hmm. on purpose, and we used to ignore it, and at that point I realized, wow, this was really unhealthy, incredibly unhealthy to have in my life and in anybody else's that she would have been a part of, but I ignored it. Right. And so now it all came to light of maybe this was for the best. Right. Maybe it, you know, this needed to happen. It happened for a reason. And this was the reason. And you know, what's funny is like, I, as an outsider looking in, like you had just went through all those experiences with your parents and had all of these like breakthroughs and like setting boundaries really like that was your first really experience of no that doesn't feel good anymore this is my boundary this is what I want in my life and because you've known her as like you knew her as long as you did it was almost like you were holding that past self a little bit like almost like okay, she was my friend at that time because this is what I knew, but now I went through this with my parents and I know what it really should be now. So it's like that piece had to be let go too for yeah. you to like let in the new beautiful life. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like it's just, it gives me a feeling. And I don't <laughs> know. Because it, it's almost like we have to experience losses. And like those losses, they freaking suck to go they through. Do. But on the other side of it, like, if we let ourselves, like, learn the lesson and, like, feel the pain, fe like, feel the movement of it, the other side brings such joy and beautiful experiences, and I love that part of life. <laughs> I, yeah, and uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're younger, you don't think about it. No. But then you get to a point where you can actually start to understand and, like, yeah. see things for yourself, and that's you know, the outlook that I think one should have mm -hmm. on, you know, living their life specifically. Well, and living in the, in, in the family we did, there was no mental health. No. Like mental health wasn't a thing and you just bucked it up, pull up your big girl britches or big man britches or whatever britches you're wearing yep. and you better just deal with it. Yeah. Like you don't get to just feel, you don't get to say no I can't today <laughs> yeah you just dealt with it yep. because that's what life is yep you dealt with it and you moved forward and you just pushed Even it off to the side if you hated it didn't matter no <laughs> and it's I think I still have some of that mm -hmm. in my life because I mean I work constantly 
and I think that's always been a thing, and that's definitely a thing that I got from my parents. Yeah. Um, and even if, like, I'm having a bad day or something like that, like, I still go to work. Yep. And I still do things. And it's it's because, and it, to be honest, I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bad thing is you're doing that and you're ignoring how you feel yeah. throughout it. You don't give yourself time. Yeah, I think that's where it's a, a bad thing for you. But if you're doing that and also recognizing, you know, how you're feeling, you know, what you're doing... I, I think there's a balance there. There, ha- there has to be that balance. If one's over the other, mm-hmm. it's just it's not going to be a good time. And that's where I'm learning to have that balance. Right. Because I'll work all of the time, but then I'll also come to the conclusion of, wow, I'm not okay, but the work level's up here. And trying to even comprehend the mental like where I'm at mentally is all the way down here and it's because at a certain point I just I ignore it yep and (laughs) yeah it's easier to ignore it but sometimes I don't realize I'm ignoring it until it hits me that oh I'm not okay like and what I'm doing is not okay so maybe we need to reverse it a little and like (laughs) try to you know make sense of what's going on and that's where I have a little trouble because I'll get to a point where I'm like, is it worth it? Does it matter? And in my head, a lot of times I'll go, you know what? It doesn't matter right now. Don't worry about it. Like it's so trivial. It's so small, you know, just drop it down and we'll deal with it later. But then I never deal with it later. And it just grows and grows and grows until it becomes unbearable. And then I feel like I'm going to explode. (laughs) It's so funny because last week's episode, I talked about that. Like I didn't, I didn't want to create waves because our entire life was like, at least for me, like it was so angry. There was so much fighting. There was just so many arguments and it was overwhelming. And it felt like I had to just absorb all of it around me. And I needed to handle everyone's emotions around me. And so like moving into my adult life, I'm just going to not let myself get there. I'm not going to experience these negative emotions, even though you can't not. Yeah. Like, they're healthy. Like, I'm supposed to feel these. But then I'd absorb it. And then, like, 150 little things would finally pile up, and the volcano would be like, explode, we're done. Yep. (laughs) Why are you mad now? Well, because I didn't talk about the other things. But now I'm mad about this, so all of this energy. All of the stuff is coming out at the same time. (laughs) It happens all of the time. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> but you watch... I mean, like, my parents used to fight constantly. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again growing up. All of the time. Yeah. And even as, like, a little kid, I would sit there and go, why? Like, what? <laughs> and part of the problem was, I remember my dad telling me at one point that when I turned 18 they were going to divorce the only reason they were staying together was for me and I remember being a young kid and watching how they were with each other and going why what no I like in my head I could you know obviously I couldn't formulate it right but like in my head I could remember being like this is so you're all unhappy yep why are you together if you're unhappy Like, I I remember thinking that and feeling that, and uh, as I got a little older, it stuck with me as I grew up that he said that to me. Yep. 
And I remember at one point going, I would have probably been happier if you wouldn't have been together. I didn't say that out loud to them. This is the first time I've actually said it out loud, I think, to anybody. <laughs> really. Um, yeah. But, like, why... Don't be together for my sake, because that that ruined any sort of parentage that you could have done. Yeah. Because you're unhappy. Yeah. And regardless of anything else... Regardless of how you feel about your other children and how you decided to raise the other children, now you're screwing it up with me mm -hmm. because you're holding anger and hostility and unhappiness. Well, and then and teaching you that this is what a healthy relationship yeah. looks like. And <laughs> to be honest, I think the fact that I had so many influences in my life surrounding me to see what I should do and what, what I shouldn't should do... Yeah. I think that helped quite a bit because I remember growing up and being like, I will never be like my parents. Yep. I will never have my relationship be like this at all. Yep. Um, I will never treat people this way. You know, it was, it was one of those things where I'm not going to do all of these things because I'm literally watching them happen and going, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, I think it... I think it helps that dad kind of instilled common sense in me at a very, very young age. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I think, but I think that worked in my favor mm -hmm. as well, because if I didn't have the common sense that was instilled in me, I don't think I would be where I am right, right now. I don't think that I would be who I am right now. I don't think I would be in the relationship that I am right now, have the relationships and friendships that I do. I, like, I don't think any of that would be where it is now mm -hmm. if I didn't, you know, start from the age of being like, yeah, this is wrong. I'm not going to do that right. ever. The logic side of it. Yeah. So I think, I think that really helped shape everything that's going on for me right now in my life. I almost wonder if you were also born with some of it too. You know what I mean? I mean, I might've been, I mean, a lot of our family has common sense. Right. You know, it's it's one of those things where you you can sit there and you can go, okay, should I do that? How about I take a step back and really think about it for a minute? Right. Should I do that? No? Okay. Then I'm not going to do it. Like, I think a lot of us kind of grew out of a stupid phase. Right. And now we can sit there and logically think about what we're going to do. But not just logically, because like I'll in our heart yeah, too. I'll I'll sit there and I go and I'll go. Okay, first off, is this a smart thing to do? If I think it's a smart thing, then I go okay. In in my heart and in my mind, is this the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know that's usually how I'll base certain things. And I've also gotten to the point where I can make those decisions. But I also know where to put a boundary with those decisions so I don't go over. So, and that usually comes when I'm helping somebody else. Yeah. I, I can now at this point go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. However, this is the boundary and this is where it stops. Because I'm not going to jeopardize myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to jeopardize my family. I'm not going to, je you know, jeopardize... And it, unfortunately, coming to it, my bank account. Yeah. You know, like, yep. I'm not going to do any of that for the sake of somebody else. And the worst part is that's almost like what, either, not only like our family, but society itself. It's like 
well, if you're not willing to do all of this, then you don't love somebody. Yeah. But you have to take care of you first. Yeah, you have, you have to. to. It can't be that you help all of these other people and not yourself. Right. Because if you help too many people too much and too extensively, then you're, you're Yeah, then you're screwed. Yeah. And so you have to have that stopping point. You yeah. have to be able to throw that boundary up and say, enough's enough. Yeah. This is where it ends. You have to figure it out the rest of the way. And that's the other thing, too. Like, you can't just bail somebody out no. all of the time. Because then, one, they're going to expect somebody to always bail them out. You're learning. And you're giving. You're taking their lessons for them. Yeah. Like, they're not getting so the they're, lesson. Yeah, and they're not going to learn it. Forward. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to learn from any mistake that they made in order to go, okay, this is what happened this time. This is what needs to be done so that it doesn't go back to that point or worse than that point. Yeah. And... I used to want to just help fully all of the time. Same. And <laughs> now... for you. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I'm at a point where I'm like, I am willing to help you, mm-hmm. but this is the extent of my help because I, I, can't, I can't condone what you're doing. I can't give in to what you're doing by just helping you fully 100%. There has to be a give and there has to be a take. Yeah. And if you're not learning anything from it, all I'm doing is giving to you. Yep. And you're not taking anything away from that. Yep. So, like, it it has to stop. And that's with anything. Oh, literally anything. And, you know, the biggest one being emotionally and mentally. You know, you can only go so far before you have to say enough's enough because well, look at how many people end up putting themselves in a super negative state because mm-hmm. they've been taking care of someone else someone for else. so long yeah and they're just mentally done yeah like they hate their life they're miserable they are not fulfilling anything of what no. they need inside yeah but yet the other person isn't doing anything either so like now you're both broken yeah so, like, how has it helped anybody? Yeah. Now now it hasn't helped anyone. Yeah. Now you went from helping somebody to now you're both just Done. dropped to the lowest point. <laughs> right. And now you have to figure out how both of you are going to come back from it. Yeah. And that's not healthy in any state of mind. No. Ever. Goodness, no. But in our family, like, I, I do feel like we were... I don't think they did it intentionally. Like, I think they're just responding from a place of what was, like, thrown at them, too. Yeah. But it's like, my dad was taken care of by his parents to an enabling state. Like, they didn't let him fail. No. Like, they bailed him out of everything. And then, what happened? He turned into this kid. Well, he wasn't allowed to have emotions either. No. So he turned to an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic now, or was. You know, so he becomes an alcoholic, drowns out his emotions because life's too fucking hard. Yep. But then he also doesn't know how to adult. No. So he didn't learn anything. They're constantly bailing him out. And then he ends up in a relationship with my mother. And she's like, hey, if y'all keep bailing him out, I can't get him to grow up. Yeah. And it, at that point, it's almost, it's not too late, but it is almost too late. Yeah. So, like, he learned some. But then the, the relationship I had with him was, you're just an overgrown kid. Like, I yep. can't listen to anything you tell me no. because I already see life in a much healthier way than you do. Yeah. All I see from you is what I don't want to be. Yeah. Granted, I also had a different relationship with him. Like, I felt his love. Yeah. 
So like, I don't know. It's just so interesting because you see people do it over and over and over again. And then when you start doing the healthy thing, how often do you find someone tell you, well, you're, you don't love me then because you're giving a healthy response, but then they think because you're not willing to give everything that you don't love them. I honestly, I don't think I've ever had anyone say that to me. Okay. But I think it's because I'm, I'm one of those people, at least now that this, this is what I'm telling you. And that's the end game. If, if you're willing to ruin our relationship because you can't figure it out for yourself, that's not on me. That's on you. Right. And uh, you know, that it had, it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like you can't sit there and worry about losing somebody or, you know, whatever over your own comfort. You can't do it. And they shouldn't expect you to do that either. Like you're already there helping them with whatever you can help them with. And then finally you're like, okay, I have to stop or else I'm going to be in trouble. And their response to that is, well, you don't love us then if you're not helping us. And you know, all, all of this stuff. Yeah. The guilt tripping. And my, again, my only thing to that is you can say what you want and you can behave how you want, but at the end of the day, if this is how you're going to act and this is how you're going to ruin our relationship, then that's on you. I'm not going, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect how I sleep at night. Like that's hands down. This is my boundary. Mm -hmm. That's where it is. This is where I stop. It's, I'm not going to go past that because you're going to start to try to make me feel bad over it. All right. So I'm going to ask you, you were the first person to like excitedly reach out, like, especially in the family, but in general, when I released, like, I'm doing a podcast, like, this is where my journey's taking me and I'm excited about it. You were the first person to be like, yo, I want to be on this. (laughs) Like, what, what, like, what drove that inspiration? Like, what inspired you to want to be? Like, sit and talk with me. (laughs) (laughs) So, I love helping people. That's always been, like, a huge part of who I am as a person. And I think that came to be because of my childhood and, like, growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But even regardless of myself, so even if there were times where I needed to ask for help or I needed to talk to somebody I used to blow it off but in that time frame if someone else came to me with something that they needed help with I literally snap of the fingers and I was there helping them because it's it's something that I want to do it's something that I want to be for people um and in any capacity in any aspect um especially if they don't have anybody else that they can go to um I have had a lot of like similar um like shit happen in my life that could probably correspond to somebody else and I've found that to be true through like the years that I've grown up um and so I love the fact that I can be there to help someone through something that you know I either may have gone through or something similar that I've gone through because it helps them know like oh this person went through this too and this is how they came out of it right and so 
you bringing up your podcast, which I loved the idea for. It was one of those things where you you posted it, and the first thing I thought of was, this is exactly what she needs to do. Like, that was the I first thing that. that I thought of was, this is exactly what Aunt Sarah needs to do. Because this makes so much sense for her to do for people. Especially since, you know, you have some people that are kind of afraid to just be out in the open. So having it where you're in an enclosed space mm -hmm. and it's just you guys talking, like, honestly, you kind of forget that, you know, a camera's sitting there. Right. But you're talking one-on-one -on -one, and I think it helps people open up more. And I mm -hmm. think it gives them a whole other avenue to express themselves. And so seeing this pop up got me really excited because I was like, <laughs> first off, this is going to do so much good for people. Whether people realize it or not, in it's going to do so much good for people who yeah. need that help that they didn't know that they needed. And so I wanted to help be a part of that in any way that I could with my experiences throughout my life to, you know, maybe as I'm sitting here talking and they go to listen, it might help them in whatever aspect of the, their life that they're in right now. I love that so freaking much and I just appreciate you and the support that you give me like I think that's the first time I've heard that from anybody in our family like which just shows like the connection that you and I have <laughs> like, the conversations that you and I have like the the family doesn't know how to show support and no. I and I get it but we still need it yeah and we can get it from the ones that can give it and like you said like that's why I wanted to start this. And I don't even know, like, I don't know how it's going to help necessarily other than exposure. I know that sometimes the exposure helps. And then this isn't going to look like everyone else's podcast no. of let me sit here and tell you all the things you need to do. Yeah. It's, this is real life and we're just sharing it and we're experiencing it and having the conversations that I know that they've helped me like sitting and having a conversation with you even if it was about you you just telling me the things you've been through I've gained valuable things for myself in that or half the time like if you asked for advice and I gave it it was advice I freaking needed yeah. in that moment and I was like oh there it is yep <laughs> it's like an epiphany that like, happens aha oh, uh -huh. the aha moment yep, the me aha and my other friends <laughs> my other friend like to say like, I'll just go to her and randomly just spout all this bullshit. And then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh. And she's like, oh, you have one. Aha moment. Yeah, I do. Yep. There was my answer. I figured it out. <laughs> and sometimes you need the help of people to be able to give you that yep. aha moment. And that's what yep. I think this is going to do for people is... Right they have, you know, so much going on in their lives and they don't know what to do with it and we maybe may say something or talk about something that gives them that, aha, this is what I should right. be doing. This is a step that I could take in a direction and see where it takes me. Right. Because sometimes when people are in the midst of everything, they can't. No. They can't. They can't come to a conclusion for themselves. They can't come up with an answer or a solution to something. So if they have somebody else who could just sit there and you know say something for right. them I think that's very helpful mm -hmm. or like you and I like we do our best stuff through helping other people yeah. because it's who we are 
And I, I have a feeling, like, the people that watch this and, like, are feeling called to listen to any of the, the conversations that are on here, they're going to be people that are people that want to help and probably have been helping others yep. their entire life. So hearing our experiences gives them that, like, validation of, oh, I'm not alone. And hearing it sometimes is, like, all it takes just hearing that you're not alone, hearing yeah. that we all have these struggles, we all go through these different things, and, like, you and I are in the same freaking family. Yeah. And we had a lot of the same experiences. We have the same family members mm-hmm. and have different experiences with those family members. And all of it's valid. Yep. Like, your perspective and mine, like, they coincide together, and they're still just as beautiful. It's your journey and my journey. Yep and our journey yep and it's just beautiful and i appreciate you getting on here and being vulnerable and sharing yeah. different things i was really happy to be be on here and to talk about stuff i just love talking to you <laughs> so, like i get you to come to my house and have a conversation <laughs> intentionally without yep. us like being late for something else yeah. because yeah, we were normal. talking <laughs> That's a normal thing that happens between me and anybody. Same. Reminds me of, like, 3 a.m. driveway conversations, because I used to sit in a car with my friends all the time for, like, hours, and we would just be talking. The car conversations are always the best. They are. They're literally the best conversations one can have. Oh, yeah. And it's... But it's because you're in a space where there's, like... A couple of you or whatever and you're yeah. in a you're in a confined comfortable space yeah. and you're just talking it's the same thing here yeah. we're in a confined space that is very welcoming very comfortable and you can just have the conversations it's why everything like flows so freely and why the conversations just come from anywhere like there's no there's no outline no nope. there's no this is what we're going to talk about today like <laughs> there's there's no research like <laughs> nothing goes into any of this it is just unfiltered genuine conversation yep. and there's not enough of that no. in the world Goodness, and no. uh, that's why i think this kind of exposure and experience for people is going to be a good thing yep. because of the fact that they're just hearing something in its purest form because literally we have no idea how we're going to go with any of these conversations. <laughs> they just flow the it's way that so they good. need to, but it gets us to an end point. Yep. Every time. And hopefully like that can give an end point for somebody else. 100%. And then the putting this out there, like it's going to reach the people it's meant to. Yep. And it, it might not be hundreds of thousands, like, and that it might only be three. But that's still three people I'm, that didn't have it before. Exactly. I'm so grateful that we can sit here and hold that space for other people. And I don't know where it's going to take me, but like you said, like, you saying, like, straight up, like, this is what Aunt Sarah needs, like, this is her, like, that got my heart because that's 100% why I did it. Because it just, like, that's where I've been being led. Is that's all I've been doing my entire life is having conversations with people. Holding space. Letting them work through whatever it is they're going through. Letting them feel safe. Yeah. Because, I mean, hell. Strangers on the street like to tell me their whole life story, too. Yep. And I'm all about it. Like, let me hold space for you. Let me show you love. Unconditional love. 
And how better way to do that than having a podcast? Yeah. And it just feels good and validating, and I'm enjoying it. Good. So even if other people are like, what the hell are you doing? Right. It's fine. Yeah. You don't have to understand. No. You're enjoying it. You (laughs) love what you do. That's all that matters. Yep. But we're taught, like, we can't. Yeah. Like, you aren't supposed to enjoy what you're doing. You're supposed to work hard. If you're not working hard for your money, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I'm like, is that really the truth, though? No. Because it's not. No. It should never just be about making money. It yep. it should be something that you enjoy doing. Yep. And that gives you happiness and you joy, whether you're making money off of it or not. Right. And, like, obviously we need money to survive. So if the thing that brings you the most joy isn't making you money, you find a job that you can, like be okay with but then you give yourself that time to spend and do the creative stuff the stuff that brings you childlike joy and excitement of like I get to live this life and that's where I'm at with this like I get to live this life and it's fun and I get to bring in my family and have conversations that we might not have had before yeah like I don't know we'll see where it takes me but I can't wait to have you on again because can't it's going to be on again. Be a regular thing. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. Same. Well, and then like we get to watch your journey too. Because like you're going to know more, like experience more about your own self. Yeah, talking about it is definitely a completely different like ball game than just thinking about it oh and like gosh, knowing yeah. what you went through. Especially when you go through so much at, you know, throughout your entire life, you can't just pinpoint one thing. So, like, talking about it definitely helps. 100%. I, I, (laughs) I feel that. And then, like, going through not being able to talk as a kid makes you realize, like, well, that's why I couldn't hear my voice. Like, because I didn't say anything. Yeah, I didn't say anything. (laughs) Couldn't say anything. (laughs) So, yep. I get it. This has been fun. I've had fun. Same. Until next time. Peace out. Oh, wait. (laughs) No. Just kidding. (laughs) So I have to ask. Um, like, you obviously were excited and, like, uh, like, enjoying what it was that I was releasing for myself. But, like, when you read, like, what does the new dream like I'm doing the new dream collective the new dream podcast like this is a whole environment that I'm trying to create a whole movement that's the word I want like it's a whole movement what does the new dream mean to you when you hear it so it took me a minute when I when you asked me that question um, when you sent me the the questions or whatever, <laughs> and I looked through them, it took me a minute when I looked at it to really think of, like, what I thought about it. Okay. And the only thing that kept coming to, like, the forefront of my mind was, what does, what does a new dream mean to you? It means the future for me. Thinking about it, like, and uh, sitting here... And, like, talking and whatnot has only really emphasized that for me because the future is unknown. Yep. And it's, it's scary and, and (laughs) you have anxiety thinking about it 
and you you know you contemplate a lot of things but it's also really exciting and you know sitting here talking with you has really opened up the fact that you know right now we're in the present Mm -hmm. when we get through to the end where where is that future going to lead and in my head talking now i'm hoping that the new dream for me is when we get to that future point i feel lighter and a little more free from the thoughts and like chaos that's in my head Mm -hmm. and that i know that i have helped someone in the present and the future moving forward so that is what it that's what that means to me at this point in time I love that. I definitely love that. Because it it just validates exactly what it is that I meant it, like what I mean when I say it. Like the whole reason that I chose the new dream is because I was reading a book. I read a book all of it was about spirituality and it was talking about how like the Toltecs believe in um, we are living our own reality. Like, and everyone's reality is different, obviously, right? And they call it a dream. Because there's the dream that you're being given as a kid. Like, our parents tell us, well, this is what life is. This is what you need to do. But then you become an adult, and that's when you start realizing, like, well, what they told me and what I feel on the inside, they don't actually go together. Like, that doesn't work for me. I have to change that. Like, I have to live like this in order for me to have true happiness and have me be truly connected to with who I am, my own human soul inside. And so, like, that got me thinking, like, the new dream. So, like, this is the new dream. What is your new dream? Because the dream that was handed to us does not work. (laughs) It helped us survive. It helped us get to where we needed to go. It helped us learn a lot of valuable lessons, but our reality, we get to choose that. We get to choose what our life looks like, and so many of us forget that, myself included. So, I like that that's kind of what you're getting, and you had no idea. I didn't. I didn't have any idea. (laughs) I like that it's very similar, though. I freaking love it (laughs) so much. (laughs) Makes my heart a little happy. (laughs) you're feeling it even though I didn't say it (laughs) yeah and I think I mean I think that's because you know you and I view a lot of the same things the same way right and you and I and I think it's because you and I both think on like a similar level Mm -hmm. when it comes to a lot of this stuff right and so um that doesn't surprise me that (laughs) that we saw it the same way without realizing that I was going to see it the same way as you do right And that's why I want to ask, like, every guest that comes on, I want to know, like, what does it make you feel? Because it's not going to be just my reality, because that's just my dream. So, like, what does it look like in your dream? Right. And I want to know those things. I want to know what makes people tick. Like, I get excited knowing how someone else feels and thinks. Because it's different, and how can I learn from it? And... I exhaust my husband with it a lot (laughs) because that's how I get excited. Yeah. 
and I have to check myself and remember, nope, right now we're just in the present moment. Like, we're just holding space for yep. someone else. But, like, can you please tell me all the ways and what you're doing? Like, yep. <laughs> let me in. <laughs> let me in. Let me know. And it, I have to remember that's my own selfishness sometimes. But it's because I get excited. Yeah. I want to know who you are. And I can't truly know who you are if you're not telling me all the things. Yeah. But then I have to be okay with who you're allowing me to see. Yeah. So intriguing little little thought lesson there <laughs> okay so do you have anything you could share to help someone else like any what is one thing here we go this is better what's one thing that you could leave our viewers with that has helped you get to where you are right now like if you could give anyone one little snippet of advice like that helps you deal or helps you like check yourself or just makes you feel better. Something that helps you grow. Do, do what you love. Okay. And it, it literally anything do. That's one of the biggest things I tell people, um, when they're not feeling themselves or, you know, they're, you know, they're sad, they're angry, they're, you know, any sort of thing, do anything that makes your heart happy yep. and whether whether that's you know a hobby or you know something anything that yeah. you can think of that comes to mind when you hear someone tell you do something that you love yep. do something that makes you happy whatever comes to mind do that one thing especially when you're not 100% yourself because yep. In that moment, it may not feel like it's going to help, but I promise once you start doing it, it thoroughly 100% helps you in the situation that you're in. Yep. I could 100% agree. Because when you are giving yourself the space to experience joy, like, it changes. It does. It changes everything. 100%. Life is not meant to be a shit show all the time. No. <laughs> Like no, you're not always, supposed to be miserable. Always make room to do something that makes you happy. Yeah. Hands down. Let yourself experience joy. Yeah. And you deserve it. No matter how you feel inside. That was my problem. You do deserve you do, it. You do deserve to be happy. You deserve good things. You deserve love. Just as you are. Yep. And you can hold space for growing, but you're good right now. Yep. Love it. All right. Until next time. Got those pretty eyes that are one in a million She looks like the